Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 5, episode number 6, I have Coach Matt Pugh of Pure Sweat Basketball. Um, Of course, again, this was another great interview. He gave us a lot of information. Um, Talked about his coaching journey, uh, his thoughts on skill development, his philosophy. Of course, we got into discussing the difference between training and working out. Uh, so he just he gave a lot of nuggets. This is another good one. So y'all make sure to get out your pen and your pads and your paper and take some good notes. And then at the end of the show, I'll come back on and tell you how to uh, get in contact with Coach Pugh and how to make sure that you're following me uh, on social media. So here it is, my interview with Coach Matt Pugh. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. And today we got a very special guest. We have Matt Pugh of Pure Sweat Basketball. He's coming on to give us some uh, some gems and some knowledge on skill development. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so why don't you give everybody a, a, a little overview about yourself. Uh, tell us about your basketball journey and, and how you become a skill development coach for Pure Sweat. Sure. Well, um, after I was done playing um, in, in college, I, I thought I wanted to, you know, tackle the the journey of, uh, you know, being a being a coach. And uh, specifically, I started out as a high school coach. Um, and kind of one of the things that I think makes my journey a little unique is the fact that I've I've worn pretty much every hat possible um, in the uh, in the, in the coaching profession. When I first got out of college, I was actually a junior high girls assistant. Uh, so that was my first coaching job right out of right out of college basketball transitioning into that was as you can imagine <laughs> a drastically different world but um so I, I did that uh when I first got out of school then was an assistant high school boys coach for three years and then that transitioned into my first head job um at, at the high school level at a uh, class two um here in Missouri which is a you know fairly small school um then uh left that job and kept kind of moving up the ladder, took a class four head job for five years. And then at the end of that five years, I just kind of had this, I, I, was, I was getting frustrated with the, the contact day rules and all those things that we have, um, as I know other states have as well. But um, I just really felt handcuffed um, because I, I really naturally gravitated toward the off season work. Like that was the stuff that I really enjoyed the most um, while I was coaching. And I felt like I just wasn't being able, I wasn't given the opportunity to, you know, do those things that I did that I naturally gravitated toward because of rules and regulations and those things. So that led me to get into um, two years as an assistant at the junior college level. And um, that was, that was a phenomenal experience, learned a ton. Um, we were very successful, obviously. So when you're winning games, that makes everything a heck of a lot better. But um, <clears throat> then that, then that job kind of got me to transition into doing what I do now, full time. Um, well, I say full time; it's uh, full time outside of my teaching job. <laughs> so I'm still in the classroom as well. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's uh, that's kind of gotten me to where I'm at now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have a a real good friend of mine that coaches uh, locally at, at the junior high level. And uh, he coaches eighth and ninth grade. So he has, he has both, both teams here in, here in Arkansas. 
or right. Conway, they have the junior high. They have elementary, middle school, junior high, and then the high school. And the high school here is 10th through 12th grade. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. It's uh, eighth and ninth grade. Ninth, Even yeah. though technically ninth grade is high school. Sure. Um, but he coaches both of those teams and he does a phenomenal job with them. But he does a lot of the, the skill work and um, he does right. with them during the summer. So when you start talking about junior high, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what you what you're talking about because you know, we, we yeah. just have a lot of stuff. Um so all right, well, let's jump right in. Let's talk about some skill development. Um, give me your definition of skill development and then tell us how important it is to the game of basketball. Well, for me, it's, it's really kind of uh, changed a lot. You know, when I first got into it, um, I was very, you know, I was, when I first started, um, I was very conscious and, and focused on you know, the workout itself, you know, like getting those players in there, you know, making sure the pace was at a high level um, and probably neglected to, I mean, to a degree neglected, you know, some of the, some of the teaching that, that I think now is, is the, probably the most important thing for me um, when, when I talk about a, a, my definition of skill development, but um if I had to define it, I think I would, I think I would define it some, something along the lines of, you know, <clears throat> serving the, the, the player or players that you're working with to prepare them, you know, for the role that they currently have on their current team. And that gets a little muddy because most kids now play, you know, like right now they're playing, you know, they just started their high school seasons. Well, then in the spring, that'll transition to their AAU programs and their travel ball and all that. And, and, and their roles change, you know, a lot, most of the time with each of those, each of those teams. And so for me, it's, it's, it's getting them, having, having them prepared the best we possibly can for the role that they have right now on their current team while also getting them, you know, trying to get them ready and prepare them for the role that they maybe want in the future or that next role that they're going to have as they transition into whatever part of the year we're, we're talking about. So, you know, I know, I know that's a long drawn out, uh, you no. know, definition, you know, but, um, but that's kind of the way my mind works around it when, when I try to define it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I have a young lady that plays high school and um, uh, she's 10th grade. She, she plays the post position. And, and she told me that her coach said, when, you, when I put you in, I just, I just want you to rebound. And she was kind of disappointed with that. But I told her like, wait, I said, we're going to use whatever we have to to be able to get in the game. I said, so rebound is going to get you playing time. <laughs> I said, we're going to get, we're going we're gonna to concentrate on rebound. I said, now we're still going to work on skills that's going to add to your game that you may right. not use this year. I said, right. but my thing is use rebounding to get in the game, earn your coach's trust, show them that, that show her that, that she can trust you on the floor, that you're going to make good decisions with the ball. You're not going to force up shots. Right. You know, play within the system. I say then what happened is that that uh, you know that that chain or that leash will be will be loosened a little bit. So now she'll be expecting me to do a few more things. I said, but do whatever you got to do to get on the court. I said, right, yeah. The court, then then you're good. 
And I think it comes back to, you know, maximizing your, your current role, you know, whatever that is. Like, I, I think you have to maximize your current role before you can, as you, you know, mentioned, earn the trust of coach to work on that next role or add, add, add a couple, you know, things to your current role. So, but yeah, that, that's a, that, that's a great point. And, and I think so many kids are worried about <clears throat> that next role that they, you know, the, the, the role that they maybe want, but don't necessarily have right now. And, and, and so then now that's where playing time gets cut and then they're not happy with where they're at. And, you know, then it's all, you know, it's coach's fault and, <laughs> and everything else, so, you know, and, uh, and so those, those types of things, you know, my experience and, and kind of my, my history of it, of, of coaching and stuff has helped me help players through that, I think too, though. All right, so let's let's get into some philosophy on skill development. Um, when it comes to conducting your training, when it comes to your teaching, um, I I, I kind of got an idea of what your philosophy is because I, I follow you on Twitter. But let's let's talk a little bit about your your philosophy on skill development. Yeah, so like for I mean for me, <clears throat> it's it it it, it kind of varies um, depending on kind of what I'm doing. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, let's talk about, um, like for instance, in Academy. So we just finished up recently, my, my preseason Academy, um, for this, for this, uh, season for the fall. And the philosophy there was, you know, I, when I'm doing an Academy, I try to take three, maybe four things that happen within the game. And And it may not even be a specific skill. It may be more of a concept. Um, and, but, but I no more than four, most of the time it's, it, it's three and we base everything that we do around kind of those three things for that eight weeks. You know, I used to do, I used to try to, you know, give, give kids a, a million touches on and just scratch the surface on a ton of different things while I had them, but <clears throat> excuse me, but the more you, the more you think about it and the more you look at it you really, you are, you have those kids in the gym for a, a, a blink of an eye. Like it, it, it's a very, very short amount of time. And so what I found is if you can pick just two, you know, two to three things and if, and just roll with those two or three things for the duration of your, you know, time that you have them, let's for my, you know, in my case, it's eight weeks. Um, I found that I've been able to move the needle a lot further by doing rather than now they now let's let's give them the next thing and let's give them the next thing and let's give them the next thing and so um i think there's there's a little bit of a balance there where are you just throwing a ton at them Mm -hmm. or are we actually getting better at a b and c you know so Philosophy wise, you know, I, I really try to keep it to three things. Um, and, and those things vary. Um, obviously, they're not always the same three things. Um, friends like this preseason, um, our, our three things were um, the playing after the play. So what happens when like the play gets broken? And now we have to continue to play basketball. We can't just set it up. You know, um, we can't just go get the ball back and then, get, and then set, set the whole offense back up. Um, playing off so playing off of broken plays um, that kind of led into and bled into now 
can I react to penetration? Because at some point, most of the time, um, the basketball is going to be driven. You know, they're, they're, it's so, so dribble drive heavy that you have to be able to play without the ball and you have to be able to move, you know, appropriately with proper spacing, you know? So, and then all, and then, and then as always, one of, one of my kind of staples is always finishing. Um, I think that the, the more you, the more you watch the game, I think that it's been my experience that the team that makes the most layups and dunks wins like <laughs> most of the time, you know, very, very, I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm sure that there's, there's, you know, scenarios where that, that is not always the case, but if, if I was going to, you know, bet the house on it, I would, I would say, Hey, if we make more layups than the other team, our, ch I like our chances. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and you, and you see a lot of kids, especially at the high school level and, and the youth levels, especially, you know, those junior high grades, like they really, really struggle finishing plays around the rim in traffic when, when things are contested. And I, and I think that, that, a lot of us give it lip service and we talk about it yeah. and we tell them that they need, you know, we need to be finished. We need to be better finishers. We need to make those, you know, all those things, but actually working on them, I, I think is something that can be improved by all of us. I think. Yeah. So I know, uh, you know, teaching them how to play. And that's, that's something that I, that I tell a lot of players. Yeah, um, those that play in there are those that know how to play. Um, and so I know sometimes when I'm working with a group, I tell them, look, I don't want you to just come out here and memorize a drill. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's the skill that's within that drill. It's the technique that we're working on that you have to understand. Just like we're talking about penetrating and right. I know when to drift, when to lift, should you stay, should you cut back door, um, should you catch and shoot, should you catch and drive. So we always want to try to put them in those situations to where when they right. see that in the game, they at least know how to react. Um, but then right. time, like you said, keeping it simple. You know, you want to, you want to keep things simple. Um, I know I was the same way in the beginning. I wanted to teach everything right. at one time. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of realized over time um, it's much better to have one or two skills or three skills and, and them to really hone in on those skills and build yeah. than to try to give them everything at, at one time. Right. Uh, and, and I think that, and I think that all of us, um, you know, since, since we're talking skill development, you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your um, audience is, is, you know, skills coaches and player development people. Um, and, and I think that when you're, when you're starting out early on, that's one of the things that you fight is you want to be able to kind of prove your worth, so to speak, yeah. you know? And, 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 and so how do you do that? Well, the natural tendency is to, all right, let me, let me talk about and show them all these things that I know. Mm -hmm. So that way, that, that way that will kind of Valid. make me, you know, legitimize me, you know, or, you know, um, <clears throat> but when you look at, you know, as you kind of go through it, that's one of those things you learn, you know, yeah. And, and the only way you learn that is by, is by doing it. You can, you can have all these guys tell you and, and these ladies tell you that, that stuff. But until you go through it, you'll, you know, you start to realize like, okay, Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling them all these things and, and, and I'm proving, you know, I'm proving that I, that I know what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to get these, get, get these players to, you know, to improve on the court, you know, they're, they're, it has to translate into the game. 
And so, you know, while we're on that kind of philosophy kick here, you know, I think that I really try to do um, my due, you know, due diligence, due diligence, I'm sorry, and make sure that are the, are the things that we're working on, are they showing up in games? Mm -hmm. And so like, if it's, if it's not, if it's not showing up in games, then I, I I don't want to, I don't want to invest their time with me doing those things. Like if they want to do them, then they can do them, but they don't need me there to do that. Um, And then I think that, you know, just thinking out loud, as you were talking, a couple of other things that came to my mind was that my philosophy is, is, is a little different depending on what I'm doing in terms of, is it a group setting or is it an individual setting? I think the philosophies are different for me when, when I look at, when I look at those two situations, you know, group setting, everything is very much more concept driven. Mm. Um, Whereas if it's an individual setting, then it's, it's, it's a lot more skill specific, but it's probably one skill, you know, but then we really dive into a lot of the, the nuances and the micro skills within that certain skill, you know, so if it's, you know, facing up, you know, playing out, you know, face up on a post catch for a, a post player, that's not a banger, you know, now we're going to, we're going to dive into, you know, what are, what are two or three options off of the face up that fit you. Right. You know? Right. And, yeah. And then that's one of those things too, that, that yeah. comes with experience. And the more you do it, you're like, okay, Hey, you, you start to understand that this, you know, not every move is the best thing for every player. Not every, not every footwork is the best for every single player. You know, um, some kids may naturally, you know, forward pivot, whereas other kids and, and, and they just can't get the reverse pivot, like for whatever reason. And so you, you come to a point where you have to move on from that and you're like, okay, I can make them do it here. Yeah. When they go into a game, they're never going to do that. Because that's not what you naturally do, right? And so, you know, in that case, you take, okay, all right, hey, you're going to go forward pivot. That's fine. I would love to see you go reverse pivot for X, Y, and Z reasons, but that's not what you do. You forward pivot. I'm cool with that. Now let's give you three options off of that forward pivot that, you know, give you ways to create some separation and all these other things. Yeah, so just going back to what you were talking about with the with the game like drills, one thing that I have um, come to realize is, I, or believe, really believe, is your drill. Um, it has to have an objective. You know, it's like what is it that you're wanting to get out of this this drill? Now, um, I'm a real big believer in in things. What you do on the you know, on the practice setting has to has to translate somewhat over to a game. And I know every drill is not going to do that. Sure. You know, big believer in form shooting, whether you do one hand, one hand form shooting is not going to translate over to the game per se. Sure. Um, but it has a place. Yes. Uh, one ball, tennis ball tosses, two ball drills are not going to technically translate over to the game, but it depends on what your objective is. So if mm-hmm. a player or a parent comes to me and says, hey, my kid is still struggling with their ball handling against pressure, if I'm doing two ball drills, then I'm not I'm not using that drill effectively to help them with their goal. So if right. their goal is handling the ball versus pressure, I need to come up with something different. So I right. there's something right. that a lot of coaches and players need to realize. What's your objective with the goal? 
if your goal is to work on your hand strength and speed and quickness with the ball, yes, two balls, that's, that could be great. One, one, ball, one ball with tennis ball, that could be great. But if you're wanting to handle the ball versus pressure, you need to get somebody to guard you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's like the best thing to do. Right. There's no way to recreate that. Right. Individually. <laughs> you know, and, and there are different things that you can do. You can be creative. You can make them do different things. But ultimately, and this is what I tell every kid I work with, you have to, you have to get to a point where you're not afraid to handle the ball. So and one way to do that, you've got to get somebody to guard you, you know. Yeah. And if you're in practice, especially like in AAU, I have different feelings about AAU versus school ball. Sure. But, you know, you you got to handle the ball against against somebody if you really want it to translate over to, to a game. So yeah. I've really been big on just what's the objective of the drill and what is mm -hmm. it you're trying to accomplish. And that has to match your goal of what yeah. Of what skill you want to improve yeah and, and 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 i think that comes back to you know having having a plan yeah. you know so many kids and, and and players they even the ones that do actually get extra work in in the gym you know so many times what i've found is that they're getting work in but they don't even know what they're working on why they're working on it or maybe even what they need to be working on, you know? And so I think that's something that, uh, that, that the, the, the people in our, our world can, can help, you know, a lot of players with is, you know, having, you know, coming up with that plan so they don't have to come up with that themselves. A lot of kids and, and, you know, even I think about myself when I was playing, you know, like, yeah. God dang, I wasted so much freaking time in the gym doing stuff that i I would have been well better served work if I would have worked on two or three, you know, other things rather than what I was doing, yeah. you know, and, and I thought I was working, but I think that the, the, the shift becomes when you can, when you can make that work purposeful work, right. like you said, right. addressing an objective. Um, so let's talk about some skills that players should work on. Um, is, I, you know, and I know this is a broad question. I mean, Sure. We talk about elementary kids, talk about middle school, junior high, high school, even college and professionals. But just overall, um, I know a majority of the other kids that I work with are high school and below um, do have college kids, but majority of the kids are right. that age. So let's let's stick with it uh, from high school and below. What are some skills that you think that they need to really, really hone in on and work on and, and ways that they can develop those skills? I think um... – and, and, and these are, these are, these are kind of changed for me, you know, over the last, you know, couple of years, especially, and part of it, to be honest with you, it is because my daughter is, is an eighth grader. And so like seeing her go through, you know, all these phases and it, it has actually been really, really good for me um, in, in, in terms of being able to identify kind of some of the key things in my opinion um, that I think all players like, most most of them struggle with and need to need to have in order to make that next you know that next step in in their career whether that's going to the high school level or whether that's going to the college level or what have you but um one thing that that, that i think and i don't even know if it fits into a skill but is um being able to get open mm. players really really struggle with that mm -hmm. um 
if it's not a if it's not a screen, like they really struggle being able to create separation and get open on a spot. So it like it, if we're running whatever it is we're running and we need to initiate the offense by getting a wing catch, then like I got to be able to get open on the wing. Like right. I can't stall everything out <laughs> just because I can't get open, yep. you know? Um, and so I, that's, that's been a big one for me over the last, um, you know, year or two and something that I've actually spent some time on with, with, with our kids in, in different settings. Um, so that's one, I think being able to get open. Um, another one, um, as we, we talked about it earlier is, it is finishing, um, finishing around the rim. Um, and it, to take it an, another layer back is, I think at the junior high levels, especially, I think if you can teach them how to finish off of two feet, I think at those levels, not just finishing. And obviously you don't want to pigeonhole kids and, you know, say, okay, you, you can only finish off two feet. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but what I, what I do think is that if you can finish off of two feet, it also gives you, it leads into their ability to be able to give themselves out, so to speak. If I can get in the, get in the paint and I can get around the rim and get on two feet where I have much better balance than one foot, then I think that now that that gives me the ability to pivot. Now I can make passes if the finish isn't there. I can pivot off off of either, you know, I, I can pivot off my back foot, I can pivot off my whatever it is to create some separation and some space and all those things. So I think that finishing off of two feet, I think, is a big one in kind of that grades, you know, four through eight. Um, I think is a big one. And then I, and like I said, you don't you don't say, okay, you can only finish off two feet, but I think if you can teach them off of two first, I think that that provides them some more opportunities when, if you just commit to one foot, now you're kind of committed. You know, you, you have to, you, you got to get it up. Yeah, you gotta, uh, yeah. So that, that's one. And then, and then I think that the, with the way the game, and this is a, a real obvious one, but I think that with the way the game has changed, that you, you have to be able to shoot it. That's on some level. Yeah. Um, you, it, it's going. It's very, very hard to find minutes and playing time if you cannot be a threat at all on the offensive end to shoot. Um, now, again, just like the finishing thing, if if I if I go a layer deeper with that, I think that one thing that that I've found some success with and and people may or may not agree with this but I think that we 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 almost teach shooting backwards I think that so many times we teach them to shoot stationary and off the catch first I've started now to teach it the other way where I'm teaching them off the dribble first <clears throat> I'm teaching them how to I, I want them to learn how to shoot off the dribble before they shoot stationary spot up catch and shoots. And, 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 and the, the, the thing that made me switch that was when I look back at players and I look at players currently, I haven't seen a, I haven't come across a player that is really good off the bounce and, 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 and can score off the dribble shooting jump shots that can't 
off the catch. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I've seen, but I have seen players yeah. that are catch and shoot kids. But if you make them put it on the floor, yeah. they, they're, they're, their percentages go way down. Yeah. And so the more I thought about that, I'm like, okay, time out. How can we, like, how can I help that? Like, what if, what if we teach them how to go off the dribble first? Right. Then catch and shoots become really simple. Yeah. Because you don't have to work on pickups and all the, and hand positioning and all that type of stuff because you're doing that obviously when you're working on off the dribble stuff. But yeah, those are kind of three things. And I went on a couple of tangents there, I know, but um, yeah, shooting off the dribble, um, finishing around the rim and, and getting open, I think are three big ones. I know uh, I like that, that concept of going with the shooting off the dribble first. Uh, Cause there's so many tangible so many things that you that the player has to learn and i've been working with a few players on work shooting off the dribble and i've told them of course you know it's a process we yeah. got little steps um one thing that's been successful for me when teaching off the dribble um i try to get the players to learn how to just shoot a one dribble pull up you yep. know whether it's out of triple threat or whether it's off the dribble we go one dribble to the right one dribble to the left and i show them different different types of footwork um, and I tell them, I'm gonna let you decide what's comfortable for you, what you like, what feels good. And we progress from one dribble to two dribble. And then at the same time, um, so like if, if before, when we first get started, we'll be doing some, some dribbling we'll work, or some shooting. And we'll, we'll do some uh, dribble pickups, you know, just dribble in one spot, pull up and shoot. And then we'll transition into the one dribble and two dribble pull ups. That's something that's kind of worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I tell them, once you master and being able to have, been able to perform that, that technique, that one dribble and two dribble pull up, um, then the, the dribble part to me is easier because now you're just having to create some space or shift your defender. Right. But ultimately, if a player makes a change of direction, a lot of times they get into a one dribble or a two dribble pull up. So yeah. I tell them that is it looks deceiving because you're thinking about shooting out the dribble. A lot of people think I got to make this change of direction and put like mm -hmm. no, let's let's master the shot. The shot a lot of times the one dribble or two dribble pull up. Right. Start but at the start like at the finish. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I like that concept of of uh, of teaching it the other way because a lot of times when you're teaching someone how to shoot. And they're learning with how to catch and shoot or the, the technique. You mm -hmm. say, okay, go stand over there in the corner, catch and shoot. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and I mean, I, I, I did it for, you know, for years. And, I mean, and especially when I was coaching. Like we did, you know, you do a ton of like shooting drills that involve, you know, spot up like catch and shoot, you know, scenarios. Or, or maybe it's coming off of a curl or maybe it's a drift or whatever. But it all, at the end of the day, it's all, it's, it's catch and shoot. And so... Yeah. But then now <laughs> those same players, now people are running them off the line because we're in this whole analytic, you know, you know, era where it's threes and layups. And so now people are getting run off the line and now they struggle pulling up and like, yeah. So I don't know. Is it some food for thought there for sure? All right. So let we touched on this just a little bit ago, talking about working out versus training. Um, I'm a big believer in, in training and developing versus just working out. And there's a place for the workout. And the, the way I define the, the, the difference between the two, I feel like working out, there's no feedback. 
Um, there's no, there's no direction. Uh, when you go into the gym and work out, you're just randomly doing drills versus when you're actually trying to develop, you actually have a plan, you know, where you are, you know, where you want to go and you put together a plan to help you get there. Um, and then you have some type of feedback. Um, so how do you view working out versus training or developing? Yeah, very similar to, you know, what you just said. I think that, you know, if you're in, Again, as you said, I mean, I, I think there's a there's a place for 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 working out, you know, um, even even for me, like some of my clients like right now, like, you know, the, it, the, there'll be some high school kids that'll that'll start here, you know, their, their seasons will start here in the next couple of weeks. And then you've got, you know, even some of the college players that I'm fortunate to work with is like they're in season. So they just started their season. So kind of the the workout piece for me is. I give them what, what, what I call, you know, daily vitamin workouts where it's based on, it's a, it's a 10 to 15 minute actual, it's a workout, but I feel like a workout is something that you can do on your own and you don't need me for. Right. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll build out and, and we'll, we'll develop vitamin workouts that consist of their role shots that they get in a game from spots that they get them out of actions that they get those from. And so it'll be, you know, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a point guard that is in a, a bunch of ball screen stuff for, for their team, then obviously, you know, probably 10 minutes of that 15 minute workout is going to be, you know, ball screen play. And, and then, you know, we'll do, you know, shots off of that, whether it's, you know, you know, splits and, and then floaters or stop behind threes or reject into two dribble pull-ups or, you know, all those different things. Um, but those are, again, those are something that they don't need me there to, to give them feedback. The, that's, a, that's a workout, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, now, training, I think there's now that, I think the big, the big word that makes them different is teaching, is teach. Um, and there's going to be some times in, when, when you're in a, a training environment where it's not going to be go, 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 go all the time. Right. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're trying, you're, you're going to talk about, you know, spacing and where are, you know, where's the help defender? Like, you know, where's the, where's the two nine defender? Are they going to tag the roller? Are they Xing out on the back? You know, you're, you're talking about all those different things with them. Um, so, and then I also think that that training and this, this doesn't get talked about, I don't think enough either, but, um, I think if you're doing training right, for me, I feel like if I'm doing it right, then I'm constantly in a evaluate and tweak mode. Yeah. Like even with, I mean, even within the, within the session, you know, like if I go in, I'm going to go in and have a plan, obviously, but we get 15 minutes into that. And I realized, oh crap, like they're just not getting this. So like, we can't move on. We're not going to just move on for the sake of moving on. Yeah. We're going to, you know, we've got to peel it back and now figure out, okay, now why, what are they seeing that's making them, you know, do this, whatever, whatever that might be. And so you're constantly in an evaluation and adjust mode. Yeah. Like you're, I mean, always it's evaluate. Okay. Now I got to adjust this. 
okay, now we fix that. Now evaluate this. How are we going with this? Now adjust that. And I think so many times, a lot of us, especially when I first started out, even coaching and, and been on the player development side as well, is you, it's easy to become a slave to your plan. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and you're like, okay, no, well, yeah, 10 minutes. I, I said 10 minutes and then we're going to the next thing. Gosh, dang it. I, I'm not, this is what we're doing. And, and you become a, you know, you're, you, just for the sake of getting everything done, you know, right. Like, right. okay, now I feel good because I got everything on my list done. Well, but that was, was that actually beneficial to your client, you know, or your players, it, you know? So I think that those are, you know, teaching, I, I think makes it different. And then also evaluating and adjusting. I think those two things make training different or development different versus working out yeah I, I think uh, a lot of coaches are missing out on the teaching aspect we see it a lot and I know there are a number of different ways to train everybody has different philosophies uh, but but I, I really think that teaching aspect or the what I like to use sometimes is directions versus instructions the directions would be dribble to the cone, change the uh, crossover, dribble to this cone, crossover, and then go and shoot a layup. There's a place for that, you know. Again, it depends on what my objective is. Right. I go, um, but the instructions would be teaching the player about when to crossover, how mm -hmm. to use their footwork, how to use their body, and then how to finish against a defender that may be rotating over or a defender that's trailing them. Right, the defender is on the side of them, or if the defender is in front of them, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, you know. So those are some of the things that are missing. It's those those minor details, you know. Even if a player is going for a left hand layup and they like to swing the ball to the right side, mm -hmm. well, if the defender's on their right hip, that ball can yeah. strip. So yeah, it's, it's those type of things. So um, quick story: my both of my girls are fifteen and. 15 and nine. So a couple okay, of months. Okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're close, man. We're, we're 13 and 10. <laughs> so I uh, feel you. <laughs> so my, uh, uh, they decided to bake a cake one night. So they went to, they went to the grocery store and, and got a box cake mix, came home and baked the cake. So, so when they baked the cake, they just read the directions off of it. But there's nothing about them that hints at them being able to actually bake a cake by themselves, just getting all the ingredients and putting it together and understanding this and understanding that. So there's a big difference between the teaching and the instruction versus just, just giving direction. So I think that is really huge in, in skill development. All right, so real quick, let's move on to uh, planning and preparing. Um, how do you like to uh, plan or prepare for your, for your training? And then discuss a little bit how players can, can plan and prepare for their training on their own yeah so um for me it's it, it it comes down to again it's so specific to what am i doing is it is it is it an academy environment where there's you know 10 to 10 to 14 players involved or is it a you know off-season group where there's you know high level high school kids and college kids together and it's smaller so there's you know four to six players like all of those things come into play um for sure but you know really what I'm trying to do is 
you have to know when, when it's in those smaller groups, you've got to know who you're working with and what, again, coming back to what they need for their next upcoming role. Um, and then you, 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 you have to kind of get a little creative and figure out ways to ways to hit the, the needed things for all the players involved. Um, and, and that gets, and that gets tough at times, you know? Um, but that's, that's kind of how, how I approach like a smaller group environment. Um, and then, you know, with, with high school kids and, and, and junior high kids, they're, most of them are going to work in bigger, in bigger groups, because I think that like concept oriented things are much are much better for them at that stage of development. Um, because again, it goes back to what you had mentioned and alluded to earlier is that's going to, that's going to be a much better environment to teach those kids how to play instead of the play or the skill. Um, and I would much rather teach them things like, you know, moving without the ball, handling pressure, contested passing, uh, you know, penetrating versus a primary defender and then decision-making out, out of that. Do I need to finish? Do I need to dump it off? Do I need to kick it? Like, what do I need to do? And I think, you know, those are those, those environments. I think my planning that goes into it, like that goes into it. Okay. Now we're going to teach these kids, you know, how to play and we'll pick, you know, an action or whatever or concept to teach out of. Cause I think that when it's, when it's concept driven, I think that people forget that you can see that there's a ton of teaching that can happen inside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be okay. Now we're, we're going to work on changing direction into finishing or reading. Can I finish or do I need to pass? I think that you can pick a concept, like let's play out of, you know, let's play out of a uh, baseline drift mm-hmm. and let's hit the drift. And then, but, but now play, right. Give them like, don't give them specifics. Just let them play, let it be messy. And all those, because now you're going to be able to teach all those things out of that. You're going to be able to teach, you know, change of direction. You're going to be able to teach, you know, um, immediate rips, you know, off the catch. You're going to be able to teach shot fake or attacking closeouts and, you know, all these things. So um, that's kind of how I, how I plan in, in those environments. And then, you know, individually is obviously quite a bit different because now you have to know that you, you've got to know the player that you're working with. You have to know their game at a, at a, at a pretty high level. Like you have I think it helps to, you know, obviously with where it's 2019, 2020, like you can, you can get film on anything you want pretty much. And so, you know, I, it does help, you know, that's something that, that, that I, that I really try to do is try to get as much film as I possibly can on them to understand one, what they do naturally two what do they need to do better to either get paid more or get more minutes or, change their role or you know what whatever it is going back to their objective but I think all of that starts also and this gets overlooked is we get so anxious or or so you know excited about working getting on the floor with 
a certain, you know, player or players. And we forget that like one piece that, that, that I think gets overlooked is, is having a conversation before all of that, yeah. before you get to your first workout with that, with that player is you need to, it, it's, it's helped me when I've, when, when I have a conversation with that player prior to our first workout. Yeah. That way I know where they're at with their game. How do they feel about their game? What do they feel is lacking? What do they feel they do well? What do they feel like, hey, I, I know I need to improve on this because coach has told me, blah, 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 blah you know? Um, and then also I, I, I really try to touch base with their current coach, especially like, it, like if it's a high school kid, I'm, I'm going to reach out, whether that's, you know, via email, whether that's DM, whether that's whatever, even if I don't have their contact information, I'm going to figure out a way to get that contact information and have a conversation with coach and let them know, Hey coach, I'm, I'm working with Katie, um, coming up this, this, you know, this spring. Um, what, what are, what are two or three things that she needs to do for you guys and her role with you guys to maximize your guys's team? Like for you guys to be the best team, then what are some things that, that, that you would like for me to, to be hitting on? So that way I'm preaching the same message you are, right. but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm probably using different, you know, terminology or a different approach. But at the end of the day, if I can, if I can be preaching the same message that he or she is to the, to that player, then I think that just helps everybody involved. And it also helps build some trust within, I mean, I'm sure you know how it is. Coaches, like, sometimes coaches are very, you know, very British about us, you know, dealing with their players, you know, and they're very, they're like, ah, you know, they get uncomfortable with the thought of that at times. But I think that having those conversations up front, I think, does give you a chance to help that. Yeah. All right, well, Coach, man, you've uh, shared a lot with us today. I got one last uh, bonus question for you, and then I'm going to let you get out of here. Yeah, man. All right, so you're putting together your ultimate basketball team. <laughs> you get to pick five players from any era, male or female, dead or alive. Who are your five players you picking? Mm. I'm going to go with, I'll go with Shaq. Um, man, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with MJ and Kobe. And then, you know, here, Hey, here's one that, that I, that probably nobody even, even thinks about is, I'm gonna throw uh I'm gonna throw Cheryl Miller in there. Mm, okay. I'm gonna throw her in there. I think she was a killer, man. Um and then and then I'll throw I'll throw magic in there. Magic. Okay. Cheryl Miller's that's the first. 
That's yeah, funny. yeah. I, and, and, and I don't know why I thought of her. You know, I was thinking you said, you know, male or female. So, you know, I've got two little girls. So I had to, you know, I had to throw the ladies some love there for sure. Yeah. But yeah, no. And there was a, there, there was a handful of females that came to mind, obviously. But like, but she's one that, that I think gets lost in conversation. You know, like she was, yeah, she was really, really dang good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know Shaq, of course, MJ, uh, Magic, those names. You hear those? You hear those yeah. names? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I appreciate your time. Uh, why don't you tell all the coaches about how they can contact you and, and, and your social media? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active. Um, obviously, uh, on, on Twitter, Twitter is where I get a lot of, um, a lot of dialogue and, and interaction with, with, uh, coaches, to be honest with you. And, uh, my handle there is at coach Matt Pugh. Um, that's the same on, on Instagram as well. And then uh, I have, we've got a, a Facebook page, Matt Pugh, Pure Sweat Basketball. Um, you know, try to stay in, and I, I try not to, you know, post too many of the of of the same things on all those platforms. I try to change it up a little bit to where if you're a Facebook person, then you won't see all the same things all the time as the people that are on Twitter and 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 all that stuff. But um, yeah, I would love to, you know, help out anybody that that has any questions or. You know, like I said, I, I think I, I've had a little bit of a different journey than, than, you know, most of the people and everybody's is unique, but, you know, um, most of the guys and, and, and girls that are in our space, I think that, um, you know, I've been able to coach at all the levels and then, and then also kind of transition that now into, into this. So I think I can give some, uh, give some perspective that maybe some others don't, you know, don't have, you know, but, um, yeah, that that's those are kind of my three primary spots where you can find me, and uh, you know, let me know if I can ever help in any way. And, and coach, thanks for having me on today. This has been good. It's always nice to take a break from the the hamster wheel of gym, you know, <laughs> eat, sleep, family, you know. So it's kind of always nice to to take a break from that stuff and, and just talk shop and, and get some bounce some different ideas around. But thanks again. I appreciate the time. All right, everybody, that was my interview I had with Coach Matt Pugh of Pure Sweat Basketball. I told you I was going to be another good one. Um, I'm appreciative that Matt Pugh was able to come on and give us some great nuggets. Y'all be sure to follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Coach Matt Pugh. That's at Coach Matt, M-A-T-T, Pugh, P-U-G-H. Uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter. He, he's uh, really active on Twitter. He's also on Instagram. Uh, so y'all be sure to follow him. He has some some great content on both of those platforms. Also, be sure to follow me on social media. My Instagram and my Twitter handle is at NBNBball. Also, uh, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, be sure to look me up. It's TJ Jones on LinkedIn. Um, be sure to check out my website, tjonesfirm.com. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-F-I-R-M. Dot com. Um, my website has all the information about me and my services and what I have to offer. Um, also, I have a book out, the Skill Development Playbook. It's 10 chapters. It's a little over 80 pages. It's an easy read, some great information. It's not a drill book, but it is a book that will tell you a little bit about how to put together a, train, a skill development training program, uh, some things you need to consider, some things you need to know, some different types of terminologies, talking about feedback, you know, so it just gives you some really good nuggets other than just giving you a bunch of drills to, to do 
for your players. So y'all be sure to check that out. Um, that could be found on my website, tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Uh, on my website, the book is available as a paperback for $9.99 and is also available as a PDF download for $3.95. If you prefer to purchase it from Amazon, it is available on Amazon. Just type in the Skill Development Playbook and the book will pop up. It's available as a paperback for $9.99 and it's $3.99 if you want the Kindle version. Um, so before I let y'all go, be sure to please, please, please uh, give us some reviews. I need some five-star reviews. I, I really want this podcast to continue to reach um, a lot of different people because this is the only podcast that I'm aware of, the only podcast that strictly focuses on basketball skill development. Now, there are some other podcasts out there that do a really great job and they talk about all things with basketball, but this podcast is the only one that focuses on skill development. So, I need y'all help to help spread the word. So if I get five-star reviews, it'll, it'll pop up more on, on uh, iTunes. So y'all be sure to, to give me a five-star review. And also subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the show. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to wake up Monday morning and, and searching for the show. You know it's going to you'll get your notifications um, when you subscribe to the show. So... Um, I think that's it. Oh, and before I go, be sure to let somebody know. Let people know about the show. Tell all the coaches, tell any players that may be interested, any parents. Um, let them know about the show. Again, I just try to provide some really good value. And I think for this season, you know, so far we've had some really great interviews from, from some great minds and some great coaches, and it's going to continue to come. So, yeah, be sure to let people know. Let them know that they can, they can, they need to tune in. They need to subscribe. And also give us those those five-star ratings. So that is it. That's all I have. Until next week, thank y'all and God bless.